Welcome to the Stronger Leadership Podcast with Deannis Rhodes, where strong leaders become even stronger. Please welcome your host, Judy Cotignola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stronger Leadership Podcast with Deanna Schroeds. I'm your host, Judy Cotignola, and over the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about 10 obstacles to effective leadership. Good morning, Deanna. Good morning, Judy. You know, there are many people out there who make comments to us about how great our PF Women team is. We're known for our amazing teamwork, our leadership, our innovation, frankly, the fact that we like to be around each other, Mm -hmm. and more. And the subject is something that you are definitely qualified to talk about, since our team is well known for their effectiveness. Yes, we do have a phenomenal team, and I'm so blessed to get to do what I do. And I'm excited to talk about this subject this week and next, and hopefully we're going to help some leaders out there to remove obstacles that are hindering their team's effectiveness or their own personal effectiveness as a leader. I love that you are excited to share this, not to um, blow our own trumpets, so to speak, and say, aren't we amazing? Mm -hmm. But it took intentionality and time and hard, hard work. But these principles can apply to any person in leadership, no matter whether you're leading in the marketplace or you're leading in a ministry, Mm -hmm. and you too can have an effective team. So let's go ahead and get started. What's the very first thing? The first obstacle to effective leadership is a lack of integrity. Oh my. And I know we've talked about this the last few weeks here on the podcast, but I just could not leave it out being that it's the number one thing people worldwide say when they are surveyed about what is most important to them in a leader. And by the way, that statistic comes from the book, The Leadership Challenge by Kuzis and Posner. But leaders might get away with a lack of integrity for a time, but it's always going to catch up to them. You know, as we always say in here, God keeps good books and payday's not always on Friday. Right. And so you become known for your integrity or your lack of it. And so we need to walk worthy of the calling of leadership. We need to be worth following. So let me focus on Christian leaders for a minute and discuss something that I believe is a tragic way to lead and that I would also consider to be kind of a false theology. I call it the Rahab theology, and that's a term I made up, by the way. (laughs) And I started saying this because, frankly, I kept seeing it a lot. And this is where you cover up things because you believe it's best for the ministry. In the scriptures, the story of Rahab and the spies reveals that Rahab lied about the spies in order to save their lives and her family as well. So some leaders believe if they have to lie to spare their family or the church or the ministry from something shameful or painful, it's okay to do so. In other words, if this is best uh, for the church or the ministry that we sweep this under the carpet, then we're going to do it. Instead of following scripture, we start making value judgments and we do things for personal or political gain rather than what God says. And here's the thing. Rahab is not our example. Right. Jesus is. Jesus could have lied and he could have worked out things to spare his own life, but he died and he rose again for a higher purpose. And Jesus' disciples could have lied to avoid persecution and pain, but they didn't lie. And why is this an obstacle to effective leadership? Because nothing stays hidden forever. And even when it is hidden, sometimes things don't flourish because underneath there's a lack of integrity, right? People might not know yet, but God does. So people need to believe in their leaders. They need to believe in us that we're going to do the right thing. Even when it hurts, even when it will cost us something, even when we may fall out of favor with certain people, even when it may cost us our job, even when a financial hit may come to our ministry, we need to just say no to Rahab theology. We need to say let, you know, yes to living right and to sleeping well at night. 
Albert Einstein once said, whoever is careless in truth with small matters cannot be trusted with important matters. And I've always said, if God can't trust you with a dollar, he can't trust you with a million. That's exactly right. And Jesus said, be faithful in little things and Mm -hmm. you'll be given larger things to be in leadership over. Mm -hmm. And we want to skip ahead. And yes, what's really sad to me about um, the obstacle of integrity or the lack of integrity. uh, You and I were talking about it last week about how Richard Dortch had an incredible career with Mm -hmm. the Assemblies of God. He was a man of honor and integrity. And during the whole PTL scandal, he fell and ended up getting arrested and all of the things that came after that. And he said to, during an interview, that uh, my many decades of ministry and all anyone will remember is the last two years. And that's exactly right. Because when people talk about him, they don't talk about all the things that he did before. All they talk about is how he fell. And that lack of integrity, even for a moment, mars your ability to lead because people just cannot move past it a lot right. of times. It's it's really about how we finish, not uh, how, how we, start. we start. And the thing is, like you just said, when we're faithful in small things, we'll be given much. But the problem is sometimes when people get to the point where they have done the little things and now they do have much, they don't know how to handle it. That's good. And so the integrity breaks down and they lose everything. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, not good that it happens, but it's good that we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah. All right. The second obstacle would be? The second obstacle to effective leadership is a lack of self-awareness. <laughs> Many leaders have trouble and they haven't connected the dots as to oh, why. Yes. <laughs> we can be our own worst enemy. And True. great leadership doesn't just happen. It's cultivated. It comes from learning and reflecting and applying. And effective leaders drill down on their own motives, their intentions, and the impact they have on others. They look within to see where their weak places are, and they admit their mistakes, and they learn from them. You know, some leaders, Judy, are not self-aware to understand that they may be controlling, abrasive, or even abusive. Right, right. And to go to the next level, we all have to look inside ourselves to see what needs to change about us. Carl Jung once said, everything that irritates us about others can lead us to an understanding of ourselves. <laughs> and it's it's ironic that we're talking about that uh, this topic this week because this past week, I received a word of encouragement from one of my heroes and mentors, um, Joyce Tanner, and she was listening to our podcast last week and she was reading my e-communication and part of her letter to me said this. She said, Deanna, in reading your email, I was reminded of something I learned over 40 years ago that has stayed with me. I was going through a difficult time of acceptance with a particular deacon on our church board. I think and hope I was able to disguise my feelings well enough that only my husband and I knew of the difficulty I was experiencing, but it was a mountain in my life at the time. I read a book, and I wish I could tell you the name of it, but I can't, nor can I tell you much of anything else in the book, but the one takeaway from the book that made a huge difference in my life then and many times since then, it read, The Things You Dislike Most About Your Adversary you contain many of the same qualities and traits. Ouch. That statement hit me like a ton of bricks. It was so sobering. You can imagine all that ensued on my part. I was reminded of this valuable lesson when I read your email, and I thought it might be a good subject to address at some point in your ministry to women, whether in a class or some other form of ministry. Just a suggestion. This was a lesson I wished I had learned early on in ministry. So this is so true, and I really appreciate this word from Sister Tanner. We have to look inside ourselves to see what we dislike so much in others and figure out why. 
there may be some things we have to address about ourselves. And I believe many times focusing on the other person's fault is often a reflection or a deflection from our own deficiencies that needs to be addressed. And it's rare to find leaders who will really dig that deep to find it because it's so uncomfortable. And what happens is many leaders will be faced with an ugly side of themselves. And instead of working on themselves, they'll choose to go somewhere else. But here's the thing, wherever you go, there you are. Your problem goes with you. I wonder how many leaders, if they were being very, very honest, and could look back and see their history as a leader and see that God had placed people in their lives to bring things to the surface. And instead of dealing with that situation, like Sister Tanner was saying, mm -hmm. instead they make comments about that person about, well, you know, they're, they're not submissive, they're not, they don't respect my leadership. And the truth is they're bringing out a side of you that God wants to heal mm -hmm. and wants you to acknowledge so that you can get rid of that and be a better leader. Absolutely. And instead we get mad at the, well, at the messenger yes. who seems to bring that. So what is the next thing? The third obstacle to effective leadership that I want to talk about today is the need to be right all the time. <laughs> know-it-alls never know-it-all. And they never seem to know that they don't know it all or how annoying they are. <laughs> Malcolm Forbes once said, the dumbest people I know are those who know it all. So leader, do you need to prove yourself right all the time? Do you need to always have the last word? These are questions we all need to ask ourselves. If the answer is yes, you are killing your leadership effectiveness. If you always have to be right at some point, you're also going to be lonely. Yes. So leader listening to this today, it's a new day of freedom. It's a next level for you. When you realize you can make mistakes and live to tell about it, you can apologize and be respected even more. You know, I say if you're in leadership and not apologizing every day for something, you're probably doing it right. If you always need to have the right word and the final word, there's some inner work that you need to do to move forward as a leader because nobody wants to follow a know-it-all leader. Craig Rochelle says people would rather follow a leader that's real than one who's always right. So I'm an idea person. In fact, I have to create to be happy. I have to create to be fulfilled. But few of our team ideas come from me. They don't all have to come from me. And as you know, I had another idea for this year's summer tour. And we just, we just did our Let It Go tour, our final stop is this Friday night and I had another theme for the tour that I liked and I pitched it to the team and as you know they all hated it yeah and so I promptly nixed that idea and went back to the table for us to decide on a theme and we settled on a new theme let it go and it's been amazing so no leader is always going to have the right idea no and the more you push to be right the less control you will have and the less cooperation from other people you will have yep. so learn to ask questions Find out what you don't know. Allow others to educate you. Listen to other perspectives. Because I'll tell you what, Judy, it's exhausting to try to be right all the time. It sure is. You and I were talking just this past week about a particular leader, and they were saying, well, I know such and such, and I know such and such. And the truth is they didn't know any of that. It was total assumption on their part. And the more you think you know everything, the less teachable you are. Mm -hmm. and, and truly... As we can see through the example of our summer tour theme, if you have to have all of the answers all the time and you have to have all of the ideas all the time, why did you think God wanted you to have a team? 
Right. If, why do you need to have a team around you if you're the only person that's allowed to have an idea and the only person that's allowed to have vision and direction for what God wants you to do? It's just crazy. Why waste their time? Nobody wants to be a part of a team like that. Absolutely. So what's the next obstacle? The fourth obstacle is failure to train. As you know, we spend 75% of our meeting time in leadership training, and business makes up the least of our meeting time, and that's intentional. Dr. Thomas Gordon says, if being a leader turns out to be a bad experience, it's almost always because of the leader's own effectiveness. And considering that few people ever get any kind of specific training in leadership effectiveness, it's easy to understand why being a leader is so often difficult, draining, and disappointing. Absolutely. So many leaders don't take the time to stop and train because they say, I'm too busy. Yeah. And the thing is, you're busier than you need to be when you fail to equip, train, and mentor people. If you would just take the time to stop and train other people, the load you're carrying would change. Absolutely. Teach people to do as much as you possibly can. Teach with the future in mind. Train for growth. If you work yourself out of a job, you'll never lack for a job. When you pull out the potential in other people, you also pull out greater potential in yourself that you may not have realized was there. Great leaders are obsessed with training and delegating and giving away power. I see how rare this is by the questions I get from people. At times people call me to ask if I can help them with something regarding our ministry or they ask permission for something and I refer them to someone else on our team that I've delegated that to. Perhaps they don't wanna contact that person, they just want me to handle it. And many times I can't even if I wanted to because I've delegated that to a team member. I've delegated the decision, the process. Many times I don't even know how to help the person because it's not my area, although I'm the director. I've given this part of the ministry to someone else. And so I get the oddest looks or reactions at times. And I know there's people who just can't fathom. I honestly don't know. But for this ministry to be effective, there have to be things I don't know. Because then I couldn't be honing on on the things I do need to know. Things that perhaps only I can and should do in order to move us forward. I think that's probably the key for me. Is there are things that only you can and should do. And that should be your responsibility. And if it's other things within the ministry, and there are literally hundreds of other little things that we have to do to keep the ministry moving forward, but you don't need to be in charge of all of that. And the leader that does, no wonder you're stressed out all the time. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Okay, so what's the fifth and final obstacle for this episode? The fifth obstacle is caring more about being liked than making a difference. The more political you are, the less impact you will have. And that's not to say that a person can't be successful politically because they can. They can be very successful at politics. They can be very successful at winning. But winning at what? I've been doing a little research, and aside from a small percentage of our presidents and a few other world leaders, it's generally not the elected people that make a difference in our world. It's the reformers, yeah. the innovators, the mavericks, the philanthropists, the educators. You know, politicians rule in government govern but other people change the world and if you want to get elected care about what other people think and just keep playing to that right if you want to make a difference do what needs to be done no matter what the cost and there are very few politicians that have done both but they're very rare and i would name those people but i don't really want to get political here um <laughs> einstein once said great spirits have always encountered violent opposition from mediocre minds the mediocre mind is incapable of understanding the man who refuses to bow blindly to conventional prejudices 
and chooses instead to express his opinions courageously and honestly. So reformers aren't always popular. I mean, think about Martin Luther. Consider him a professor, composer, priest, monk, not an elected official, but he called the establishment out on their doo-doo and changed the world. Yep. And that's what the world needs, Judy. The world needs more, uh, more reformers less and less politicians. Absolutely. Yes. One of the most dangerous things for the status quo are people who don't need to be liked, don't need your approval, Correct. don't need your kudos, don't need your vote. And just care about changing lives and changing the world. And look out when those people come right. along because they are the world's greatest leaders. They are the ones who turn organizations upside down and leave legacies. Those people are the ones to watch. And those are the ones we want to be. Those are the ones we want to be. That's it. You got it, sister. That's it. So thank you so much for listening. That was the first of our five out of our 10 obstacles to effective leadership. Please join us again next week as we'll do the last five. And if you're enjoying what you hear, if you think it's relevant and useful for your life, can you do me a favor and rate our podcast and review it and share it with your friends? You can share it on Facebook. You can, sh you can send it to other people. And we would love for you to do that. I also want to let you know that our registration for our Thrive Conference is now open. You can get all the information. You can download your registration forms all at the pfwomen.com website. And until next time, stay strong. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Stronger Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to go to pfwomen.com. That's pfwomen.com for more information about upcoming events and notes of this program. And remember, stay strong.